Welcome everyone to Black Coffee and Theology. Hello everyone. After some time away to rest and reflect and heal, because I got a little sick and uh, whatnot, I am back. And you know that I always have the best guests. <laughs> and so with that said, on today's podcast, I have the talented, the wonderful Reverend Mia for you all. And I am so excited for you to hear this conversation that I had with her where we get into a bit of everything. First, let me say about Reverend Mia, she is a wonderful human being, and she's got all the credentials, you know, from Syracuse to NYU to Union Theological, and she's an artist, she's a pastor, and she can sing on down, (laughs) play that piano, (laughs) but in the conversation, we talk about expansive views of God, how God speaks. We talk about liberating art and music. We talk about the fatigue that has come in the pandemic, and we get into a bit more of Mia's story. So sit back and relax and enjoy our conversation. Okay. Everyone, welcome back to the pod. And I know I say this a lot, but I am so, 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 so excited (laughs) to have Reverend Mia (laughs) McLean on the podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. So I'll say this before I have you say some things about yourself. I I met um, you on the Twitter streets, and I my first interaction was seeing you sing uh, a, just a song related to Habakkuk, I believe, and. Listen, I was just scrolling through, minding my own business, <laughs> minding my business, and here you go, <laughs> singing on down, um, your original piece. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Uh, and, and from there, I noticed just a genuine way that you were sharing one your thoughts your solidarity with so many multiply marginalized communities the way that you would share your artistic vision for things the way that you would share your love of just different things that other people would not even think to share and i have just genuinely loved where you would say hey i'm here hey, I'm not here, hey, don't call on me, (laughs) get up out of my face, and it's just, (laughs) hey, leave me alone, and and all the spaces that you inhabit have just been so refreshing for me to see, Um, yeah, so 
thank you for the ways that you show up and when you can't show up. I have just enjoyed getting to know you. So thank you for- Same, same. And you know, people talk about Twitter and social media, but I've enjoyed following you and Trey and some of the others, uh, y'all, the way y'all speak your minds and talk about things. And to, to see Black men talking about some of the things that are interesting to me um, and with such care and concern is, a, is a, a treat because that's not necessarily the norm in a lot of spaces that I move in. So it's been great to follow y'all too and get the Twitter streets. Yeah, <laughs> you help clean up the streets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like, get this trash out of here. Um, <laughs> um, so the first question I love asking is, who are you? Like, what is important to you and how you show up in the world? It, yeah, so who are you? Um, I am a creator. Mm. That's probably my dominant, my dominant identification right now. Um, everything about the way that I show up in the world is about how can I create, how can I innovate, how can I be, um, how can I lean into ingenuity? Um, you know, obviously some of my professions are as a performer, a singer, writer, and preacher, pastor, all those things are sort of professions that, that basically stem from the one tree that is I'm a creator. And so that's how I show up in the world. I, I feel like if I'm not creating, then I am very unhappy <laughs> creating something. I'm writing, I'm doing something, but um, I just think that we have been ordained to the ministry of creation uh, with God, and, and that is our assignment on this earth, um, is to always be creating in whatever capacity that you can. Everybody's not a painter. Everybody's not an actor, right? But there are ways that the, the fullness of ourselves can be expressed, um, and also for the sake of life, too, not just creating um, for the sake of harm, but for the sake of life. So I'm a creator. <laughs> I'm also a pastor and things. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I want to hone in on that word creator because, you know, in this second season of Black Coffee and Theology, I have taken time to illuminate uh, deconstruction from mostly people of color and uh, the theme of who is God to us now and just really sitting with you know the expansiveness of God and all the ways that God talks to us the ways that God doesn't talk to us and when I think of you I think of that word creator and creative and creativity and I love seeing all the ways that you speak to God, God speaks to you, all the, you know, I see these videos of all these different <laughs> ingenious ways that you, you just come up with to reach out for the divine. And um, even, in, even in the shows that you watch that some might think, oh, you're a pastor though. And you're like, child, I do not care about what you, the boxes that you try and limit me and like, <laughs> like get up out of my face. No. And 
talk to us some more about that creator dimension and maybe even what it means to you and and even the boxes that people would limit you in uh because i regularly see you push back on preconceived notions of what creator would mean um yeah um so i mean my in performing arts so mm. how i started as a kid dancing singing piano and even as a kid in piano lessons, I wasn't content with like the regular lesson that she, the direction that my piano teacher who was phenomenal was trying to send me was like kind of classical music. And around age 12, I started writing my own stuff. I was like, ah, that's cute, but I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna write my own songs. And I started doing improv jazz, improv. And so she kind of let, she kind of let me do that. She said, okay, for your senior recital, I took a piece of classical, well, it was, you know, a piece of music and I improved off of what was written on the paper. And um, so there was always that spirit in me that was like, I'm not content doing what's already been written on the paper. There's something, there's something else out there that I'm supposed to be creating and putting on, putting on paper and not just doing what's on paper. Um, and so I grew, uh, you know, I got to college and I majored in theater. And I still had that spirit with me. I wasn't content with what was what was handed to me, the scripts that were given to me. I started writing in college. I started arranging music and writing original songs for groups in college. So there's always been this piece of me that was like, um, there is more. There is more than what I've been given. Um, and if you just give yourself over to the possibility, and it takes a lot of time to sit with yourself and hear and listen to what the spirit of the divine is pouring in, but I've always felt um, that it was my job to, to add to whatever else has been done. Um, and so that informs a lot of the way I even move through the world as a minister right now. Um, you know, it's not good enough for me to just sort of see the, the traditional boxes that people have said, this is church. This is what it looks like to be a pastor. This is what it looks like to identify as a woman. All of these things that I just, I don't believe in. And it's because I try to listen to other communities that are marginalized, that I've been freed. You know, there are ways that I was presenting myself I, as, a, as a child, as a teenager, that I didn't have the language for. And I listened to some of my transgender peers talk about self-presentation. And I'm like, I wish I had that language when I was 16, right? Um, because I was just like, people were just like, you're tomboy. Cause I didn't, I didn't fit in the box of what they thought a girl should look like or what a girl should do. Um, and had I had some of the language that I've been introduced to by my transgender and non-binary friends and community members, I might've felt a little more confident in who I was as a teenager. So um, yeah, I don't believe in boxes. And <laughs> I, think, I think that they hinder us and they prevent us from evolving as a community, not just individually, but my evolution is always connected to community. My ability to live outside of the box is for the sake of my community to free somebody else, right? Yeah, and I think the beauty of that is there's joy in there, right? And there's 
there's joy in that beauty, in that community. And I think of the mass exodus of people leaving the church. I think of the mass exodus of people, um, you know, leaving and then feeling like both Christianity, God, and the Bible have failed them. And I think the pain of that is what has been presented to them is there is there is no other way to practice Christianity than these boxes that have been presented to them. And you know, some of what you offer is that creative element and that ability to see beyond these tight knit boxes, right? And so, um, you know, and, and specifically, I want to, you know, ground some of this conversation of we're living in this pandemic that has shattered a lot of boxes for people where church as we know it has not been able to happen. And people are still trying to go back to the old wine skins. <laughs> and they're still like, okay, in just a little bit, we'll be able to go back to church as normal. And, you know, people such as yourself are saying, hey, y'all, <laughs> you know, and so creators like yourself are, are trying to sketch out this new way yeah. for us. Like, come on, I know it's scary, but, you know, like, um, I think that's the beauty of your ministry and, and this, this creative vision that you have is there is a new way if, if you would have the ability and the courage to see it. Um, so talk about that even a little bit. Yeah, the courage to see it, the courage to create the images. Mm. So, I preached a few weeks ago on a text and one of the poems that I used in the sermon was a, a poem called No Images by William, oh, I'm gonna have to pause for a second and get no, it. No, you're fine. Um, it's images. Uh, she does not know her beauty. William Waring Cuny. Hmm. I know her beauty. She thinks her brown body has no glory. If she could dance naked under palm trees and see her image in the river, she would know. If she could see her image in the river, she would know, right? And so there's this, I, I'll finish it, but there are no palm trees on the street and dishwater gives back no images. So there's this idea that if she could just see her image, she would know her beauty. And so I feel that it is our job to push people to see their images and to create the images that we don't see so we can know our beauty. That is difficult work, but that's I, I feel that that's like my life work, right? To push people to see images, to create. Mm. You don't see it, create it. That's always been my platform. It, I, the reason why I started writing original music for my acapella group in college was because I could not find the song that I was looking for. So we would take in acapella groups, we would take you know songs and then we would make them acapella to fit the voices, right? Soprano, alto, tenor, bass. We would take a popular song, Beyonce or something and make it completely acapella. I could not, I was looking for a particular theme, a particular song and I could not find it. So I sat down in my dorm room and in 24 hours, we had a song, right? Because I could not see it. I had to create the image. 
And that, yeah. <laughs> you better. Uh, first off, you better. Um, and I'm, <laughs> and in that ability to create what you do not see is what is needed in the church right now because you know there's that you know tired line that we keep saying is we're in these unprecedented times but we really are and i i think it's necessary because we're in this time you know i post regularly these thoughts and these prayers for people who are tired and weary and every time i post something like that it 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 rings off and people are thank you 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 and i think what's sad to me is people are so tired so weary that i could literally just say hey y'all are doing a good job people are crying, weeping. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I think this is actually kind of sad. Um, if I say you're doing a good job, people are like drinking that up like it's manna from heaven. Um, and so we need, so we need that ability that you're saying to create what is not there because there's a gap here is, is what I, is, is what I'm thinking as you're talking. And so, that ability that you have to create what you do not see, um, whether that's in the worship dimension, whether that's in the preaching dimension, it's needed. Um, and I'm thinking even of, um, you have, uh, I can't think of the name of the song right now. It's, um, I'm blanking on it, uh, but it was a womanist song that you wrote. Well, I'm um, surrounded. I'm surrounded. I think you wrote that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah I know that's right. I know that. You're like, mm -hmm. one of my favorites. One of my favorites. You're like, that's me. <laughs> Come see about me. Um, but that song was a prophetic song for me um, that got me through. <laughs> and that there's a gap of songs right now that we need to help get us through yeah yeah there there is and it's it's not that you're sitting down and you're saying i'm gonna write the best thing ever right it's not that the intention right but you just read a text and things come to you or, or you know i truly believe that the songs get dropped in like i i believe a hundred percent some of the stuff that I write is like straight from the ancestors. They're like, let me just drop this in real quick. Um, Cause I need it first before anybody else needs it. I rarely write something. And when I, when I was trying to write some things for other people um, to fit into a certain kind of genre of Christian music in particular, that didn't really work for me. I was like, this ain't, this ain't it for me, <laughs> you know? Um, but to write from the soul and it, it happens, it's can't, sometimes it's not even planned. Um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's not planned. So I think about when you're talking about the gap between like where we are and where we want to be. Um, I think God is the God of the gaps and if we can just trust that, even when we can't see it, I think beauty is, is, is at our fingertips, that God is the God of the gaps. 
that's something I've been kind of letting marinate for the past week or so. Um, and that God uses us to fill the gaps. But we have to be willing to, to lean into creativity because often what fills the gaps is not what was already in existence. It's something new. And That's why things are going right now. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's so true. And I think in those gaps, I, 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 I mean, you got me thinking now. I, 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 I think those gaps are scary because you have to admit that what was will not work now, you know, like that, that all of the collected wisdom and the collective tools for survival will not work currently. And there's that assessment communally and individually that all hearts and minds clear, these survival tools that got us thus far, um, they, they're not gonna work now. And there has to be a sobriety in that. Um, and collectively, we have to come to agreement, hey, we can't take these forward. Um, and there there's a communal um, assessment in that. And then now looking in this gap, what do we need here? And then now looking towards that future, that's where the, the prophetic dimension, um, that's where we need, um, we need something else. And, and so, you know, looking toward, towards that creator dimension, that's, that's why I, I told, that's why I truly wanted to have you on um, because I see this prophetic element in both your preaching and in all of the, the, at least what I can see of how you're able to use so many creative elements, both in your singing and the backgrounds that you have in the performing arts and uh, in your worship. And you're willing to weave all of that together and how you think of liberation. And one thing that I love about you, you're like, I'm, a, I'm about to get the people free. Um, yeah. And it's for the sake of liberation. Um, at least from what I can tell, you're like, hey, I'm going to get these people free. Um, that's the goal. That's the prize. Um, and I'm willing to get there by any means necessary. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, um, and I'm willing to weave <laughs> the story like, y'all not going to bound me up <laughs> uh, on the journey <laughs> yeah. to get the people free. And I love that because um, traditionally there seemed like there was only one or two paths to get there. And, yeah. he, you know, and I love that I can see even that performing arts dimension of that creative element of your brain that you're not bound up in that um yeah it's beautiful <laughs> that's funny you say for sake of liberation because I was just having this conversation with myself in the car I talked to myself in the car um, <laughs> I was just having this conversation driving because I believe that all like great like thinkers 
and preachers and teachers have a lexicon, like have like a, a language system. And one of the lines in my language system is for the sake of life and liberation. So I'm laughing because you said that. I'm like, I guess that is in my lexicon, you know, you know, in my language system, because I say it so much, but yeah, everything I do is like, who can I set free? It's not just about me. I don't, I mean, you know, some, uh, yes, it's not just about me. I, when I get free from something, I want to share it with others. I want you to be free from that. Um, and I can't tell you to be free, but I could just share, I could share what I'm doing and maybe, maybe one day you'll catch on, <laughs> you know? So yeah, everything about me is about liberation. If it's not, if it's not furthering the task of liberation, I'm not sure what we're doing. Yeah. What are we doing? And so much you. of church isn't. So much of the church, you know, the trademark church is not about the act of liberation. Um, it's about some warped sense of salvation, individual salvation or condemnation, but not liberation. No, mm. no not about that. I hear that. And on that theme, look at you, you segue in yourself, spirit, <laughs> spirit. I wanted to ask about that. Um, along with this dimension of creator, creative, and, and with that, are there any negative aspects of holding this um, truth, holding this talent, um, and being within the church? Um, you know, one thing I think about is having this aspect of within yourself is, is it hard? I guess I would ask it an another way is, is it hard holding this and being within the midst of the trademark church um, and co-creating with God and being in the midst of the saints? <laughs> I'll say it like, I, and how do you hold it? Because um, I would assume it's not easy. No, I mean, it hasn't been. There are, there are moments where it's been welcomed and moments where it's like, you know, people, people will only welcome so much sometimes. Um, I will say, and this is also what I'm, what I'm about to say is also a part of like my language system, but most people don't believe in Genesis 1:28, which is that we are created in the image and likeness of God. And what I mean by that is if God is the creator and we are created in God's image, then God has given us permission to be creators, co-creators with God. And that means that anything is possible. Um, and in many church settings, even those who profess to be, who, who profess to want to be progressive or liberal and all those things, they, some of them are holding on to tradition like it's their dying wish to be a traditionalist. They, they, don't, they don't really want change. And when God, creation means change, right? And it, it, eventually, once you create enough things to start to change. And so there are people who don't really want change. They think they want change. It sounds good to be called a liberal. It sounds good to be called progressive. But when things start to change, they're like, wait a minute. We didn't sign up for all of that, all of that stuff you're doing. We didn't sign up for that. And so that's always a challenge. Um, 
And I think there are many pastors who get very content, you know, they get a good job and they're like, I'm getting paid. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shake the, shake the foundations too much anymore. Um, I'm not necessarily one of those people. And so I'm always kind of calling people to the carpet. Do you believe that you are a co-creator, that God has given you authority to, to have your own let there be moments, right? God does, God's let there be. You got to do your let there be. Um, do you really believe that? Um, or are you just kind of masquerading as a progressive, which means progressive means you're progressing, you're changing, you're transforming. Are you just masquerading as a progressive church? and you're not really progressive. Um, so those are the challenges. I think for somebody like me, I, I like to push, push people. And I have learned along the way that, you know, it's an ebb and a flow. You push them, then you stay a little, just stay a little bit. And then you push them some more. And the pushing has to come with education though. So I have not done anything. I have not, all the rules that I have broken, particularly in the pulpit space, there was an educational component that came with that. Now, you might not have come to my four-week class that I taught on decolonizing liturgy, but I taught one. There was an educational component. So you when better I, say this. <laughs> right? When I broke the rule in the pulpit and stepped down from the stairs and came to the center of the chancel, it wasn't like I ain't taught that. You just didn't come to the class. Okay, so. You it has to be an educational component. You don't want to leave people behind, but you also have to keep moving forward. And if, if you get left behind because you're opting out of education, see, everything can't be centered around Sunday morning, right? Everything can't be there. I only, I only get 20, 25 minutes to preach, right? Everything can't be, the, the service is only an hour, an hour, 15 minutes. You have to opt into the other things in order to, begins to buy into the progression. And that's in many churches, I'm seeing that there are people who don't opt into the other things. That's why they're walking around grumpy, pissed, you know, <laughs> whatever. So, yes. Uh, you can say, listen, this is my podcast. Yeah. Um, no, no, I love that. And I think, you know, I was thinking one thing when you were talking, sometimes I think the the creator is welcomed in some spaces when it's limited to we like your singing, we like your playing. You, you know, that's a real pretty song. <laughs> you know, that's a real pretty painting. Boom, but I, I you know, stay here. Um, but I like when you, when you said um, that you're challenging and pushing and you're wanting this let there be moment, that's a whole different uh, dimension to the creator. Uh, in the creative, because you're reaching for something theologically that is way beyond, I sing a pretty song on Sundays. I, I tinkle on the keys. You're like, no, I'm going somewhere. And I, I'm reaching for a depth that goes way beyond, wow, she sing ocean real good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> right and, and, and there's a sort of consumerist nature to a lot of that too right like I'm gonna sit back and you're gonna sing something really pretty for me and I'm gonna do this maybe or I'm just gonna sit there and nod my head but 
what we're calling, what I'm calling people to is no, no, you're going to get up and do something. You got to push yourself, right? Um, this is not a theater show. And you know, this is a, this ain't Broadway where you pay your tickets, you're going to sit back and just do this, right? There is participation that is required. Yeah. Um, and people really get, they're like, oh my, you want me to do what? I got to stand up and dance. I got to, you know, or whatever, whatever the, the request is, right? Or I have to use my brain to imagine something. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're unapologetically come, let us go somewhere. Um, and you're wanting, you are wanting something. Um, and, and there is this educational piece that you're, you are offering people, you know, you can't force them, but you're saying, Hey, this invitation is extended to you. Um, and, and there's a kindness there that I'm, I'm detecting there that you're saying, hey, this is open to all if you would come, if you would receive. And that there's almost a communion element in that, that I hear in your voice, um, that this doesn't have to be just Sundays. Hey, there is free, it's open if y'all will come, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think that's kind because I've been in many church spaces that didn't, call me to anything other some of it was to white supremacy but that's a different <laughs> <laughs> that's a different even the black ones <laughs> yeah and, that, and that's what i'm saying it's <laughs> there was a <laughs> there was a transformation happening but um yeah <laughs> <oof. laughs> hallelujah um <laughs> my god uh <laughs> Um, I want to ask you what, I saw this question someone asked recently, and I'm so curious as to your answer. When you think about what are we, this person asked, what are we working on unto? you know, like, what is the, the end word? Like, what are we working on to? What are we calling people to? And I'm so curious as to first, what are you personally working on to like the end, like if, if the end was in sight, what is Mia working on to first? And then, you know, individually, like at the end of your days, what are you working on to? And I'm so curious as to that answer. And then, um, and then, collectively like what are you calling people to but the first i'm i'm so curious as to that first answer like um that is a good question um i think what i am working to um i'm always working to make it like a place of wholeness and freedom whether it's through something i'm writing or um even something I'm watching on TV. Um, I think the world is so broken. Oh, yes. I mean, we get in so. Yeah, like, speak it. It's broken. So I think I'm always working to a place of reparation, like repairing what is broken within me. I can't fix the entire world. I can't even fix this church. 
I can't fix Charlotte where I live currently. I can't, but I'm always working to a place of reparation. How can I repair what has been broken, either starting with me first, so that from what I'm reading to what, which is, this is why I struggle with a lot of television because I don't feel like it repairs what has been broken to me, for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reality TV shows these days, they're not, they're, that they don't have that goal. It's fine. I have friends who love it. They love all that trash TV. It's great. <laughs> I'm always interested in TV shows or documentaries that when I finish with it, I feel a little bit more whole than I felt when I sat down to watch it. Mm. And when I sit down at that piano, I feel a little bit more whole. There are going to be songs that the world never hears, but I know those songs mm. and have made me feel whole when I have felt broken into pieces. So that's always what I feel like I'm working toward is wholeness. And I don't think I'm ever going to get there. Not long-term. I think you get there and then something, you know, it's like, I got my nails done. This is a tangent. And I yeah. just got it's done last week and they already done chips right here. I'm okay. Like, like God, <laughs> like this is the point. Like, <laughs> like, the, the manicure only lasts so long. Yeah. Right. It's going to chip. I'm going to be like, got to go back to the, you know, the thing next week, the nails yeah. next week. I feel like you get to a place of wholeness and then something chips because that's mm, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm always going to be working there until I take my last breath because this is the world that we live in. This is the life that we live. Um, so that's what I'm working for. And then what I want others to work for, what I hope for others, um, you know, I really hope that they're working towards something similar, but for the sake of, you know, commune, communal liberation, communal salvation, what Monica Coleman calls communal salvation. And what I mean by that is I think there have been a lot of spaces through time that have had their moments. They, they were at the forefront of civil rights or they were at the forefront of women's rights. And then many of those spaces stopped working toward communal salvation. And so if I give an example, like the church I grew up in, or a lot of the churches uh, that were similar to the church I grew up in, we were at the forefront of having women pastors back in the nineties in new Orleans, when a lot of the other black Baptist churches did not have women in leadership, we had them. And we thought we were bad. I mean, we were, I mean, we were like, we had young people, we had women pastors preaching and a lot of, we got a lot of hate because of that. And then there was a time when we just stopped evolving because their idea of community didn't, didn't go beyond that, right? They stopped, they stopped being at the forefront because they weren't fighting for LGBTQ inclusion or transgender rights. They just sort of stopped at, and for that moment in time, they were great. And so my hope for people is that you don't get stuck in that moment in time and that for the church, for institutions, but to continue to say, who is, who is at the margins now? Which means you have to like shift your vision sometime. Maybe your vision for 20 years was like, we need to ordain women. Okay, we've done that. Next, like who's the next person? Who's the next group that we got to focus on? And I feel many institutions and people get stuck. Amen. <laughs> I just, I'm just like, you better. I listen. Amen, amen. I listen. Yeah, I, I'm gonna let you have the last word. I just that that I was like, I, no. Well, thank you so much for your time. 
I I respect you so much more than you know, truly. Thank you, Robert. I respect you. And I was thinking of you just now because I was looking at this bookshelf behind me. I'm like, I wish I could zoom in. So right no, you, you don't know how much I want to zoom in on that, that bookshelf. But I don't know. I don't think Zoom has upgraded to that capability. Yeah, I was like, Zoom 10.0 needs to because I was looking with envy uh, on that bookshelf. And I was like, and the way it's color coordinated in the red at the top. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's liturgies from below by uh, Claudio Carvales. I was like, God yeah, on today. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been good. Hey, amen. Yeah. Black Coffee and Theology Pod is a production of Three Black Men, the podcast about theology, culture, and the world around us. Follow us on Twitter at 3BlackMen. If you like the content that you are receiving here and want to receive more, whether that is in longer conversations, essays, devotions, and videos from either myself, Sam, or Trey, please sign up for, for our Patreon at patreon.com slash 3BlackMen. Don't forget to like, rate, and review Black Coffee and Theology Pod, as well as Three Black Men.